2023, I'm just trying to let go of some of these rules and some of these, like, I don't know, these strict structures I have lived under. Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Lisa. And this is There Are No Tangents. Feels like I seen this all in a dream. What's the purpose of a human on the surface beyond that pull back the curtains i'm on that once we take it there ain't no going back don't be losing the topic man we gotta stay on track yeah you so crazy yeah i know it tell me a story like a poet yeah, like a poet we getting lost in our thoughts welcome to the show welcome everybody we're so excited to be back with you and we have some fresh faces on with us today our beautiful guests, Carrie and Dominique, um, and of course, Lisa, you know, always, but she's a co-host. She was not a guest. Um, so yeah, we're back with our shifting gear series and we're just thrilled that we are able to start having guests on and all of these types of things. And these women are incredible. They are also co-hosts of a podcast, the awakened and alive podcast, um, after 40, right. Awakened and alive after 40. I think I got that right. And we'll put all of their information as well in the show notes and things like that. But yeah, so I was just going to say briefly how we got connected and then I'll kind of turn it over to you all and let you introduce yourselves and how you all met as well. So we can kind of learn a little bit about that. But so Carrie and I know each other because gosh, when was that Carrie? Like not this summer, but this, so maybe a year and a half yeah, ago. It started in September, 2021. Okay. Wow. You are good. Well, that um, was a big transition in my life. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Stamped in time. Okay. So September of 2021 is when Carrie and I met, we met, um, through an Enneagram certification program. And I will speak for myself and say that Carrie is one of the biggest blessings that I got out of that program. Um, I have met a few really incredible people that have become super, super dear friends to me through that program. And so I am like forever grateful for that program. Um, so we just really hit it off. Um, <laughs> and I'm thinking about what you were just saying before we <laughs> officially started, we might add that into the show, uh, about our first initial impressions of each other, but anyway, I'll, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of, um, how our connection started. And then of course, um, you and Dominique were friends and, um, have almost parallel paths to a degree, like you all and like me and Lisa, like yes. we're like, would you call us Carrie podcast twins or something? Yes. Like our, our, our podcasts are twins. Like I think uh, our podcast started within a week of each other. They did. And the similarities between us as podcasting duos is pretty remarkable because yeah. Emma, you and I are Enneagram informed mm -hmm. and Dominique and Lisa are like more on the human design side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is a cool combination. 
It is. It is a cool combination. I hope we're getting to some of that today for sure. Um, so I'm really excited. So if you all just want to, like I said, share a little bit about yourself, Dominique, would you mind to start and just like sure. share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I have started off my like career as a physical therapist assistant and when um, COVID hit and everyone was forced to just, you know, stop everything and really analyze your, you know, their lives, I was then really pulled to go a little bit deeper into the way that I help and work with individuals. And I had always thought about becoming a life coach. And so I found uh, a certification program online. I got certified and then I started to gear my specialty towards being trauma informed. And a lot of that came from my own past experiences, the process that I went through within myself. And now I'm in the process of getting certified in quantum human design because the two together, the trauma informed and human design are just such a beautiful marriage because it's all about just becoming your most authentic self. So that's the path that I've been on for the past three plus years. And it will be almost three years ago, the end of February, actually, that I started my coaching business. Wow. Oh, three years. Is that how long it's been? Yeah, I, I know. 2020 that. is when I launched, it was February 26, 2020 um, that I launched my coaching business. Yeah. Awesome. Well, congratulations. That's Thank so you. great. What a Thanks. cool house. Yeah. Yeah. I love your story. And I love how you're blending that. I, Oh, the quantum yeah. Lisa, have you heard of that? Like the quantum yeah. design? Yeah. Okay. I, I'm yeah. sure you have. I hadn't heard of that one. Yeah. The yeah. beautiful thing about quantum human design is the language is a shift in language. Cause human design was meant to like startle the unawakened person into realizing just how much control they have over their life. Yeah. And the quantum human design is more for someone who's already on that path to self-discovery and improvement. And so they need more empowering language because language carries frequency and energy. Oh. And it also um, really shifts our reality too. So mm -hmm. it's the same exact thing, just different, more empowering language. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. I love that. Um, that's great. Thank you for sharing. How about you, yeah. Carrie? Well, I've had a few different careers that maybe we'll yeah. get into in this episode, but yeah. um, I was living abroad and knew I had to transition back to the U.S. eventually and knew I didn't want to go back into what I had been doing or like the nine to five grind. Mm -hmm. And so I just started seeing online these different paths of people creating their own life, like exactly how they wanted to be living. And I thought maybe I could do that. And I had always, well, for the past, probably at that point, two to three years had been really interested in the Enneagram. Like you, Emma, I had been doing a lot of self-study and reading on my own. And I don't even remember how the certification program we did came across my path, but it was one of those things where when I read about it, I just felt immediately excited and I knew I wanted to do it. And the program had all the pieces that I was looking for. And it, I'm not one to usually jump into something that costs so much, like without thinking, but this was like such a quick turnaround time for me that right when I saw it, I was like, I have to do this. Yes. 
Wow. That's amazing. Um, I'm glad you did. I'm glad I did. <laughs> I know. Right. Thank I mean, you. like you said, like the friendships were the icing on top of the whole experience because our program, I think is especially supportive, but then outside of the program, we cultivated our own yeah. side friendships. Absolutely. Yes. It's been awesome. Really helpful. Um, well, very great. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your all's story, like how you all met and just to hear you all chat a little bit about that. And the, cause again, I think you all have been friends around the same time that Lisa and I have been something like that. So you'll have to share and we can, Dominique, I think we started chatting. Was it, it summer of 2019 or 2020? I, I think it was 19 actually. I think it was 19 because, um, I started my program and 20, oh gosh, when did I start? 2020. Yeah. It was a six month program for the certification. And I know you and I, I mean, we were friends well before that in the planner community. If anybody yeah, knows. We met online. Which Dominique <laughs> is the only friend I've made online who yeah. I really never cool. met in real life. Right. We have and not I met each other in person yet. I live in Maine now. I'm originally from South Florida, but okay. I live in Maine, the mid coast of Maine. And um, yeah, I know Carrie and I have been talking about trying to finally meet in person one of these days. Yeah, totally. I know it's, it's worth it to meet Carrie in person. I will say from now, experience. Well, I bet we're so lucky because we're only four hours apart. So I know, I know we got to meet halfway that one. We need to do that again. Um, yeah. When yeah, the weather's absolutely. nice. Cause that was yes. really fun. That was fun. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. That's so convenient. I know yeah. that's, yeah, I wish I was a little bit closer to it. What's funny is that some of my like best friends now I have never met in person because I've met them on Instagram. Yeah. Carrie, um, you know, keys, I, I believe you're familiar with keys. Cause she was also in the planner community. She and I became really great friends. She's also a projector and we've never met in person, but I mean, we talk and chat all the time on the phone. It's so funny how that works. Should we yeah. explain what the planner community is? Go yes. for it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, please. Cause so, you, you know, I had never heard of that until go you for it, Carrie. told me about it. So you know how on Instagram, there's little niches of different things. Like people just have Instagram for cooking or for whatever. There's a group out there who uses Instagram to either intake the content or to show their own created content of their paper planners, like agendas. Okay. Um, people are super into it. And Dominique and I were two of those people. And I was a person who just like looked at everything. I never really posted. I don't, I didn't have a public account or anything, but she was a content creator in the planner community. Okay. And I thought yeah. she was awesome. Like I watched all her videos. I was a huge <laughs> fangirl. And she was like, she was the first person on Instagram. I just DM'd without uh, knowing them uh huh. because I had a question about something she had done. And I was thinking to myself, we're alike. Like <laughs> we have a lot in common. I feel like I could be friends with her. That is so cool. That, that cracks me still. Like when I hear you say like I was fangirling, I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Like that's just. Oh, the minute yeah. one of your vi YouTube videos posted, I was on it. I was. 
Oh it, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so with the planner community, there's people that do it solely for like creative outlet. Like they'll put stickers and washi and make it look real pretty to motivate them to be productive and to get shit done. Yes. And then like for me, I did a little bit of that, but like with my ADHD, I wanted to kind of talk mm-hmm. about different ways of, you know, organizing your day or structuring lists. And then also like more about like real productivity and time management. And so a lot of my videos were kind of just showing what I was doing in the moment. But yeah, the Passion Planner was uh, the planner company that I believe Carrie initially got us like chatting back and forth because I was an affiliate for them and I did a lot of videos on it. And it's just like really structured around goal setting and also prioritizing self-care. So it's, I remember um, exactly what I yeah. asked you. Oh, what was it? It was about Planner Perfect. Oh. And yeah. I asked you if you felt like you had to be Christian to use it because it's a very it's a Christian company and it's a Christian owner but Uh, I thought it was a really cool system but she the owner would always like incorporate her religion into using this system and I was like well I like this system but I'm not religious yeah I totally remember that because yeah I'm not religious either and I think I had said that a few times and that's why some people had reached out and asked me about it but um yeah so that's in a nutshell that's the planner community so Carrie and I chatted a lot uh via just that interest before I started going to the coaching program and then she mentioned to me that she was interested in following along with my journey because she was considering the same thing and Dominique needed like practicum volunteers to practice on and she you know put it out on her Instagram and I was like I'm gonna volunteer so we had a discovery call but my life was sort of like all over the place and I had no like focus of like one thing to work on and she was like you're not like a perfect match for what I need to do further in my practicum but that was when we like met face to face on video yeah and the conversation flowed really easily. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really great. It was really great. You were a perfect match in other ways. That is very true. Mm-hmm. It yeah. has turned out that way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's really interesting because Dominique has compared some of our gates like that match up to form yeah. like, you know, a channel in our yeah. design charts. And like some of it is really, it's like exactly how it plays out. Like she's really good at initiating and getting projects started. And I'm terrible at that. And I'm really good at maintaining the project and like keeping it going. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's so funny. Right? That's crazy. We'll have to like compare, like you'll have to send us your all's gates and then we'll have to compare them to our gates and stuff like that. That would be really cool um, yeah. to look at that as well. I'm just always curious. Yeah, I get lost in that stuff. Like I was sending Carrie some things like pictures and like of the, and and I sent her her chart and everything. And I'm like, this is just amazing when you have that combined, the electromagnetic channels that come together and you can see like how you really, you know, power up the work that you do together. It's so cool. So, so cool. And we had already talked about that, about us being our strengths before we looked and compared our charts so it's not like our charts were like oh yeah that's true about us we already knew it in oh, our dynamic yes. as co-hosts of a podcast right because that's really this podcast would have started 
six months later if I had been in charge of getting it going. Like Dominique was on top of every piece of it. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, so what was the catalyst for you all starting your podcast? Well, Carrie and I initially started as um, accountability partners. I had reached out. Was did I reach out to you, or did you reach? I forget how like exactly it went, but it was I know funny. you reached out to me because I told my sister I was like Dominique wants to be accountability partners, and she's like, <laughs> "It sounds like maybe she wants you to be her client," and I was like, "I don't think so." <laughs> so I like reestablished that with Dominique. Are yeah. Are you yeah. wanting me to pay you or are we? <laughs> yeah, because I had just finished um working with a group of six ladies and a very small like mentorship group. And I was like, I want to continue with accountability partners. And I was like, oh man, Carrie would be great. And so yeah, that that's how we started off was just reaching out like every other week, touching base on how we were doing. And then we would have these conversations in like two, two and a half hour Zoom call conversations because we would just start going off on these like tangents and just throwing out all these ideas that we have. And then I was like one day thinking like, man, that would be awesome as a podcast just to be like sharing our, you know, musings and just ramblings and <laughs> maybe somebody will get something out of it. This sounds oddly familiar. Very familiar. <laughs> yeah. And just for fun, we were like, you know, we're not expecting anything major out of it. It's just for fun. Put these conversations to even better use. And uh, I don't know. I, I think the whole way it played out was just perfect. Carrie with, um, how, you know, I kind of had this idea and not putting any pressure on it, I think was really an important part of just getting the ball rolling with making it happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. That makes a huge, huge difference. Um, I love that. I love your all stories and I love that they parallel our story in some, in some regard. Um, so, all right. So now what we want to get into is we want to go deep. And we want to get into <laughs> as deep as you feel comfortable going. Of course, we always say that in like every episode, that's our shtick. Um, and so we are just a little bit curious about some of the gears you all have shifted, big transitions that really stand out for you in your life and whoever wants to start. And then we'll just take the conversation, how it goes and chat as long as we need to. Um, but yeah, just super curious to hear some of the transitions you've navigated. So. Whoever, whoever you think Carrie, um, I feel like I have some really obvious transitions that I sort of mark my life by. Okay. The biggest ones being where I was living. So I've done some pretty big moves in my life. Yeah. And then the other one being the career I was in. Yeah. And sometimes the career and the move were parallel and sometimes not. Okay. So I guess the biggest first transition for me was Right after finishing college, I moved from Ohio to Boston mm -hmm. and I didn't know anyone there. I was a 22 year old, you know, wanting to live in a city. And I just got this job working in finance. I studied business in college and I, lo I loved it because I felt so independent. 
And I lived in this really cute apartment in a really cute neighborhood and I could walk everywhere. I just, and it was like the prime time during sex in the city being on. And I just (laughs) felt like those women, like living that city life. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, girl. We'll have to hear some of those stories later. (laughs) I mean, very boring compared to them. For sure. But, um, but still, yeah, you're right. Just like walking around everywhere and like seeing brownstones. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of (laughs) where the parallel ends. Okay. (laughs) That's all right. You were still trying to channel that energy. That's all good. Okay. So yeah. So Boston. And then Boston's where I met my current partner who also happens to be from Ohio. So I thought I was going to get out of Ohio and meet like some worldly person and I met another Ohioan but um <laughs> Love it. then he and I moved to North Carolina for him to do his graduate school work and I loved living there um while I was there and that's was my first job working as a speech therapist so um yeah North Carolina was great especially for the weather the people yeah. Um, and then we decided we wanted to be in a big city again. So a few years, years later, we moved to Seattle and that was another huge transition. I continued working as an SLP. And then the biggest transition of my life came six years later and my partner and I, and then another couple friends of ours moved to Spain and we were there for four years teaching English. And then not by choice, we had to come back just because of visa stuff and changes in the program we were teaching through. And so we had to come back. And that was like my big transition when I met Emma because I had just returned to the United States and I was still like in shell shock of reacclimating to living in the US, which was a harder transition than moving to Spain. Uh, I would really love can you tell us a little more about that? Like just your perception of the differences and like some of the things maybe you miss or some of the things you love or why you were like kind of sad to leave, but like, I don't know, are there any positives to moving back? I have no idea. Um, yes. But just, <laughs> yes. Okay. Well share about that. I just think that that's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Well, the biggest positive about moving back is the language because I was not fluent in Spanish when we moved to Spain and I still would not consider myself fluent. I can get by in very conversational ways, but when I had to do anything official, like at the immigration office, it was very daunting and very, very anxiety provoking. Um, it, it's just a luxury that I think until you experience it, you don't know how lucky you are to be able to effectively communicate in your language and every day now when I'm on a walk in the neighborhood and have a quick side conversation with a neighbor or checking out at the grocery store anything like that I'm so appreciative like I understand everything being said I can answer like that without having to formulate my words so that was the big thing that made my life a million times easier is living in an English-speaking country again but the things that I miss and that I still haven't let go of Mm -hmm. is I'm a natural night owl. I am not a morning person. And Spain as a country is a night owl country. Everything is done later than here in the U.S. Like in the U.S., I feel like people are sort of tucked into their homes by 7 p.m. Like your day is pretty much over by 7. You just want to be home. You want to be winding down. And in Spain, the whole mindset is different about time 
And it's embedded in the language, which is interesting. Like we have two separate words for afternoon and evening, and they only have one word for that. So they they look at their afternoon and evening as one time block. So the evening isn't apart from everyone. It's very social. Mm-hmm. And so like dinner time is 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night. And yeah. so I'm still eating on Spanish time, which is I know. strange for I whenever know. I'm that with was funny. Yeah, When we met up, I was like, I'm going to be really hungry by like 12 or 1230. And she was like, okay, like, you know, <laughs> I can so make we, that work. Yeah. I'll make, I'll that <laughs> like work. I can adjust, I can eat anytime, but, um, sure. my natural eating is like, I don't know, eat breakfast at like 11, eat lunch at three or four and eat dinner at like nine. Yeah. Yep. That's so cool. So um, yeah, just some of those like cultural, like social things, um, they suit just, your rhythms better. <laughs> definitely. And it yeah. is true that there, the work-life balance is much better than here. Like people truly work to live there rather than live to work. Mm-hmm. And that is just felt in everyday life. It's, sounds, you just feel it. And it you sounds sh- like a dream. <laughs> sounds the awesome. other big thing we noticed right away when we got there right away is at night, like 10 o'clock at night when people are out and about and meeting up with friends and having a drink or having a tapa. Um, it's all ages. People have their kids out. People who are well into their 80s are out with their friends. Everyone is out. Your life doesn't end when you're an elderly person there. Hmm. Like, and I mean elderly, I don't mean just like retired. I mean, right. Right. With a walker and like Mm -hmm. going very slowly down the street, you're still out socializing. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. So that would have been a huge transition. Plus you were, yeah, you were entering back in the U S like during the pandemic, right? Oh yeah. And that's pandemic. It was completely different in the two countries, completely different. Like the division here and the like turmoil we felt like we were returning to Mm. was so stressful because that just didn't exist in Spain. Like no one cared of your vaccination status in Spain. It wasn't politicized. None of that. And when we got back here, it was like returning to this militant, like you can't say the wrong thing or your friend group may shun you. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that was a very tense time. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's still tense here, obviously, but that it was- It feels ext- better now though. A little it does. Better. It's, yeah, I'm like, I don't know if we've like acclimated to it or if it really has kind of simmered down. It probably has simmered down quite a bit. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So that was a pretty big transition. You got back to the US, felt a little bit shell-shocked. And then what happened? Then, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not shell-shocked. I'm definitely reacclimated to living here, but I still feel like I'm in midst of a transition because we haven't really settled. Like we're still living in Ohio with my family because we still haven't exactly figured out where we want to be or what the next phase is for us. Um, and I started my business, which was a big transition, becoming a first-time entrepreneur and like trying to navigate all of that. Emma's nodding her head. Dominique's oh, yeah. nodding her head. Yeah. And Lisa. <laughs> I think all, all of us, us are right? like, 
help me. <laughs> I mean, it's very lonely, but also exciting yeah. Yeah. doing that. And I mean, having Dominique and Emma, like I went to both of them for, with so many questions and Emma and I are always asking each other, like, how do we do this? And usually we're like, I don't know. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's so true. Yep. We figure it out generally. Um, and I think we each have kind of our own strengths a little bit. Like you're definitely, I, <laughs> I relied on you quite a bit. Like, I remember you were like, I spent so much time researching banks, online banks and all this stuff. And I was, and then you finally got to your answer. And I was like, oh, I need that too. I'll just go with what you have. <laughs> like, and then it you didn't know, work out for you, which is, like, oh gosh, that's, that's a, a whole, mystery. <laughs> that is a mystery. I got the boot. Desirable in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, that was really interesting. I, I still don't know what happened, but anyway, <laughs> it's all good. Um, so I, I do like yeah. being able to just go at my own pace though with it all. Like no one's putting the pressure on me to do things by a certain time. So that's the beauty of having, being in control of your own business. You can yeah. just take Perfect. as much time as we need. Perfect for being a projector. Yes. Right. Can I ask a, a, can I ask a human design related question? That's not related to anything else, but oh, I, yeah. okay. what are your authorities, Harry and Dominique and your profile lines? So my authority is, so are you, are you meaning like the decision-making process? Yes. Yeah. I'm a mental projector. Okay. And so that's only 2% of the population yeah, yeah. and I'm a one, three. Yeah, me too. I'm a one, three. But I'm yeah. split. Oh, okay. I'm emotional. Mm. A very and I'm a one four. One four. Okay. All right. I so was well are. curious when Emma was like, you spent all this time researching banks. I was like, oh, I wonder if she has a one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. When Carrie was talking about like the research before, and I'm like, oh, that's that one right there. And then with the four really needing, you know, that safety before like moving yeah. into, you know, anything. I was uh -huh. like, I have a four line. Feel that. Yeah. What is your four. profile, Emma? Um, my profile is four six. I'm a manifesting generator. So different energy type than you all. Um, I guess we do share that line, um, Carrie of four. Um, trying to think what else. I'm also an um, emotional authority, right, Lisa? I have to ask Lisa because she knows my chart better than I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. I have yeah. been, I've been lax with my human design stuff and my memory is terrible. But yeah, I'm pretty sure emotional. That sounds right. Yeah. I think like I feel 50%. Like I, knew, I thought we were the same. Yeah, I think like 50% of the population is emotional uh, authority. And so I've found a ton of the charts that I've run was like emotional mm -hmm. and I'm a non-emotional too. So it's, it's interesting to see how, like when I am around emotional authority or, you know, just emotional beings, how it greatly shifts and affects me from like yeah. one minute to the next. Yes. Yeah. My oldest son is, and that emotional wave is so apparent <laughs> and really, I like, I, I have a hard time navigating it. Sometimes it can be very triggering for me. I bet. Absolutely. Especially with you having the splenic authority. Yes, it is. It's like, Oh, like, yeah, I, 
Actually, that that has played out for us before, Emma. Do you remember? I can think of a specific instance, and it was very traumatic. Oh, please do tell. Um, oh, oh gosh. Okay, this is like way off topic. Do you remember that, that? This is what we do. We'll come back. I promise. We'll talk more about shifting gears. Okay. Like boxing with me and her, she was like really excited about something, and I just had this like. I, I, I can't like, this is too powerful for me. Like I can't, you know? And so do you remember what I'm talking about now? So we had this whole thing and we were both really upset. Yes, <laughs> I do remember that. I had totally forgot. I did not know what you were going to say though. I'd forgotten about it, but you're, oh my gosh. Yes. And that ended up being a whole thing. Like I totally got my feelings hurt. Yeah, um, well, because One of my big things, one of my, um, is feeling like I'm too much or something. And so I was you know, totally filtering that through and like making this meaning out of it or whatever. And I was like, what, like, I'm too much. Like, I just can't be excited. Like, you know, (laughs) and then we like both just were hot mess. Like, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Go ahead. But it, it wasn't what you were saying. It was just like, it was the, your tone and like that energy. And I was just like, I, I like, this is, what you were saying wasn't too much. And the fact that you were having an emotional response wasn't too much, but it was like, yeah, at a body level, it was just like, I, I can't right now. You know, I wasn't prepared for it and it was kind of overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the amazing thing about human design too, is the way it helps us better understand others to not take things quite as personally, like Emma in in your situation with one of the beliefs, the limiting beliefs being I'm too much, you know, understanding that you're an emotional being. And then Lisa having that splenic response. That's just that quick in the moment and just understand like, oh, okay. You know, that's just a reaction to this. It doesn't mean anything about me or the other person. Like, I love that so much about human design. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is amazing. I don't think we even, well, I know I didn't, you may have processed it through that, but like, because I view all my stuff through like the lens of the Enneagram, I was Mm -hmm. processing it that way. Um, which also makes a little bit of sense. I'm a six, she's a nine, um, you know, similar, but that is really cool. So maybe you did process it through human design though, a little bit, Lisa. Remember, I don't remember if I did, um, I just more at that body center, so, which makes sense for human design for Enneagram, I think mm-hmm. um, just that, yeah, that physical reaction that was completely out of my control. You know what I mean? Yeah. So your intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fascinating. Okay. Sorry. No, that is, no, it really, really is. Um, I'm ex- We've been keep talking about wanting to have folks on to talk more about human design and things like this. So if we tangent off on this a little bit, or we try to describe things in that way or whatever, like, I just think that we love that stuff. Um, yeah, yeah so. we nerd out on it all the time, Carrie and I, so. <laughs> Especially yeah. the overlay of Enneagram and human design, because I think the two systems are like really well matched yeah. to inform people about like, okay, here is sort of your true essence and how you were born through your human design. And then here's all your conditioning and all your shit with the Enneagram. Yeah. 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 Here's how it plays out through your type. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. So I know it is so cool to see some of the overlap between different systems that are out there. Um, it's really fascinating. And it, it feels like we as a society, like we haven't even scratched the surface of that. You know, I just feel like it's just going to keep 
um, revealing and unfolding. And I just think that is so exciting. So mm -hmm. I love that. Um, anyway. Okay. So where did we leave off your Enneagram certification mm -hmm. was a huge shift and that do you want to, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Anything else with that? Like, um, that things that maybe you wrestled with at all or, um, found, I don't know. I have to say if we're talking internal shifts. Yeah. We, yes, girl. Becoming Enneagram informed as much as I have. And I'm, I would not by no, any means say I'm a complete expert because right, right, it's such a deep system totally. and there's so much to learn and so many different viewpoints and trying to sort of incorporate all of them and then figure out and integrate what's your own. But the Enneagram made me become so much more self-aware of Emma, I was just listening to the podcast you were a guest on and you were talking about how like anxiety was like your water as a fish that you mm -hmm. just didn't know. That's just how you lived your life. And I didn't realize until I dug deeper into my own type structure and how I was functioning in the world that I have rules for every single aspect of my life that I was making myself live under. And I it didn't hit me until probably the last year. Yeah. And so like this transition, like 2023, I'm just trying to let go of some of these rules and some of these like, I don't know, these strict structures I have lived under, which I just thought were through the planner community was sort of making me a better person, like tracking all my habits and making sure I drink enough water and like just micromanaging myself. Yes. All the time. Yes. So that transition has been huge. And and just the overall transition, maybe it's through maturity or maybe it's through the Enneagram of realizing not everyone thinks how I think and that's okay. And that's Absolutely. a good thing. I know that still surprises me every day. Yep. Like, I don't know why that has not congealed into my brain yet. And it, and then it's always surprising to me. It's always fresh. Like, oh yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we just don't see the same, see this in the same way, the situation, the same way it's, it's wild for sure. Um, and I'll do, did you share your type? I can't remember if you shared your Enneagram type. Oh no, I'm a type one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. strongly assuming. I feel like because of not being officially typed by the official people <laughs> who have the stronghold on typing everyone, I guess I'm like, well, I feel I'm 99.99999% sure I'm a one. Uh -huh. You seem one-y to me. Um, but, you know, it's always harder, I think, for me when, if I, if I know a person well, you know, um, it, I can get myself tangled up in knots trying to discern that mm -hmm. to some degree um, mm -hmm. and trying to be more objective about the typing can be real tricky. Um so I've found like when I'm helping people find their type through coaching and things like that, I do feel like I kind of sail along a little more smoothly and a little easier when I don't know that person um, or when I know very little about them. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, but that's interesting because um, 
one of my like early on practice typings was with someone who's a good friend of mine and through her initial assessment her first um type her highest type scored as a type eight and it if I didn't know her I never would have looked deeper I mean I would have looked at her top scores but I wouldn't have looked at six interesting but I knew her so I was like we're gonna look at six too Yes. And she's a six. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, I just said what I said, but you're right. The knowledge of, or like, okay. So there was a person who had come to my workshop, um, that I'd done <clears throat> for the healing arts or whatever place. And I knew her when she walked in, I didn't know she was coming when she walked in I was like, oh my gosh, hi. I knew her from high school. And she was like, I saw that you were doing this. So I wanted to come. And she had an idea of what she thought her type was, but she wasn't set on anything. Um, and then we ended up working together. And just because I was able to be in the room and sense her energy a little bit, does that make sense? Like I was, yeah. So when um, her assessment came back and it didn't have type six in her top three. I'm like, and I also want you to look at this type. <laughs> and, um, and so anyway, but I was open to her possibly being a seven as well, but she was not a seven. She is a six. So yeah. Um, anyway, so, so fascinating, but yeah, the internal shifts of, um, what, you know, the Enneagram or any kind of self-awareness tool can bring to our lives. It's huge. Um, you know, it really makes a big difference. It doesn't have to have to be like a huge move or whatever. It can just be like what's going on for us internally. So, I mean, I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. Hey, let's get Thanks for hanging with us through today's tangents. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back again soon. But meanwhile, you can follow along with us on Instagram at no tangents. We would love it if you would subscribe. And maybe even consider leaving us a review, a highly complimentary one. Keep it going, no, don't stop it. Don't get the picture, then we crap it. With no emotion, what's the lie? We just lost in our thoughts.